fellow boss babes and women in business. If you are looking for a weekly dose of inspiration to propel your career forward, give you the needed confidence boost to jumpstart your own business, or simply learn from others in your area about what works and what doesn't, this podcast is for you. Hi, my name is Brittany Wilkinson, owner of Wilkinson Events and host of the Seattle CEO podcast. Today, I'm speaking with Therese, owner of Strategic Event Procurement. Therese has a long-standing background in the world of large-scale meetings and events with her history with Microsoft. She jumped out on her own in January of this year and is already making such a name for herself in the event world. She has involved herself with LinkedIn. She is teaching education when it comes to procurement. She is who you want in your corner when you're negotiating your next event contract. So with that, we're going to bring her on. Let's get started. Hi, Therese. How are you? Thanks for joining me today. Thanks for having me, Brittany. I am in a great mood today. Good. Well, to get started, um, why don't you tell us a little bit about your company, Strategic Event Procurement? Yeah. Uh, So I started the company after I left Microsoft uh, last year. I wanted to keep doing the work and I wanted the opportunity to learn from different scenarios rather than finding another, you know, single home, so to speak. And I was self-employed prior to joining Microsoft. And so it felt like a a good way to finish my career. Yeah. What was your company before Microsoft? I, um, I wasn't a, I was a sole proprietor, but I did Mm -hmm. um, financial budgeting and system reporting installations. Oh, got it. Okay. And so what made you so passionate about helping those in meetings and event world with procurement and what do you like most about that part of your company? Oh my gosh. Um, well, I'll, I'll kind of back up a little bit. Yeah. When, I, um, when 9-11 happened, I was, as I mentioned, I was consulting and I needed, really, I wanted something that would keep me closer to home so I wouldn't be stranded someplace away from my kids mm-hmm. and went to work for Microsoft and I was hired to implement their procurement reporting system. And so that was kind of my first foray really into procurement. Um, I had an opportunity to take a category manager job and managing events, and I just loved it. So what I learned in my first year though, was that procurement is super complicated. And it can be so frustrating to people both within the company and outside the company. And I just love taking the pain out of procurement for those folks. You know, I, I know procurement, I know how it works, and I'm able to um, help them navigate the process in a way that makes better sense for them, both uh, within the corporation and this, and particularly with the suppliers and agencies. Got it. And for those that might be listening that aren't as familiar with meetings and events, can you explain what that procurement side looks like in a nutshell? <laughs> Oh my gosh. So procurement, um, procurement entails acquiring all of the goods and services that you need in order to execute an event. Mm-hmm. And in regular business, you know, you can acquire those goods and services once and, you know, they call it a strategic sourcing initiative. And for the most part, you can just use those suppliers over and over again. And, you know, it's kind of a lather, rinse, repeat scenario. But with events, since we have events in different places all over the world and all over the country, certain things you can plan for in advance, like, you know, the logistics suppliers of the registration agency, your production agencies, 
and things like that. But when it comes to going to a new city, you've got a new venue that you have to contract with. You've got new catering companies you have to contract with and security. Anything that's going to take place in the city, you have to go through the purchasing and procurement process every single time. Mm-hmm. And in doing that, you have to have ways to pay these companies because they're not set up in your system. And, you know, it's just a, it's, it's, it's just harder because the internal machinations of a procurement department put a lot of review steps along the way. Mm-hmm. And sometimes those steps can take two, three weeks over a month. And when you've got a contract, you've got to get signed and paid in two weeks. That's not, you know, there's a big disconnect there. And, yeah. and that's what causes the the pain that, that people experience regularly. Yeah. Is that helpful? Yeah. Super helpful. And with that being said, the, you kind of touched on this in the the time frame for events, right? The urgency of this date's going to go away or or this is going to happen if I mm-hmm. don't get this contract now. So having that kind of support to to streamline the contract process, which is how you come in and be helpful, I think is is great. Well, and, and in particular, contracting with venues is so important to have a program in place because I, I like to have the analogy that... <clears throat> Sending someone to negotiate a hotel contract without industry experience is like sending a teenager onto a used car lot to buy a car by themselves. Yeah. Um, and it's not that, that you know, you're, you're not smart. It's just if you don't know what the industry terms are and the questions to ask, it's easy to get yourself into um, a less than ideal contracting situation. If you are looking to get a hold of Therese after this episode, you can reach her at strategiceventprocurement.com. Let's get back to it. Well, what steps um, in your career led you to opening this type of business? I know you mentioned you kind of had a similar role in Microsoft, um, but do you feel like there were steps even before that that kind of drew you to the event industry? Well, I really didn't know the event industry until I came to Microsoft. Mm-hmm. So it was, you know, that was something that was a great opportunity that I had at Microsoft. Um, you know, opening my own business, my degree was in entrepreneurship. So, you know, I when I went to college, I kind of had thought about opening a business. Um, and when I graduated, the economy wasn't all that great. And so I took a corporate job that kind of launched me on the path of, financial system implementations, which is what led me to be self-employed the first time. And then obviously went to Microsoft and then landed in the event industry, which um, I've just had so much fun. And I built such a great network of people that I love working with. And, you know, this just felt like the right thing to do. And, and um, so far it's, it's, it's been a little bit of a struggle for starting a business in 2020, Yeah, (laughs) but my network has been super supportive and, you know, we're all helping each other and I think we're going to make it through this. That's fantastic. So you, you kind of always knew you wanted to open your own business then it sounds like you went to college for it. Like, did you just, you knew you wanted to be self-employed, but just weren't sure which direction that looked like or... Well, it's, you know, to be honest with you, when I, when I took the entrepreneurship degree, I took it because it had a more rounded curriculum than, you know, straight marketing or accounting or finance Mm -hmm. entrepreneurship program I went through had 
high level classes in each of those areas. We had extra HR classes, we had extra marketing classes, you know, mm-hmm. accounting and finance. And, and, and I felt like it gave me just a better rounded college experience that would put me in position to do either or. Um, but it's, yeah, I mean, it's always kind of been on my mind and, and now I'm kind of in a place where I'm able to take the risk and take the plunge. Good. Yeah. I, I didn't have the entrepreneurship even option as kind of a major. I don't, I haven't actually talked to anyone. I don't think that that was an option for them in college. I've heard business management and different things, but that's fantastic. Mm -hmm. They were able to, to have, like you said, that full experience with all those different categories and, and implementing them now. So. Yeah. Yeah. It was, um, I went to school at Boise state and it was a relatively new program when I went into it. And since then, um, University, I know it's University of Washington has offered it and a few other, um, a few other schools. And yeah, of course I'm long graduated, so I don't, I don't research that, that <laughs> much. But <laughs> That's great. Well, that's good for people to know that they can go locally. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Well, can you tell me about some men- mentors or people in your life that have helped to inspire you to open your business and to, and to do it a second time as well? Oh gosh. Well, this time around opening my business was, was somewhat self-motivated, but I did talk with a whole bunch of my supplier friends who are entrepreneurs and, you know, what's the experience like and, you know, what are the things that I should be thinking about and worrying about? And I had a, a chat with Lisa Mayer who, um, built and and sold CRG events in Seattle as a very successful event agency. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, and I was talking to her about what I was thinking and she said, I just have one question. And I said, what's that? She says, when is your business going to be incorporated? And that was really, it was inspiring for me, but it was also comforting to have, you know, the support and advocacy of somebody who has built, you know, a very successful business and, Mm -hmm. and has, you know, gone on to an uh, encore career in um, leadership coaching. Oh, got it. I actually, so I interviewed with Lisa um, way back when, when I first graduated, I had a couple of interviews with CRG. It was 2008 when I graduated. So they were hiring and then they were not hiring (laughs) because events were not happening. But yeah, I I sat down with Lisa and she was just, she is such a gem. I, I looked up, I still do look up to her. Um, but even just meeting with her, you could tell she's just genuine and so sweet. So. Well, and another person, and, and it's interesting that they're both women business owners, but Ali Magyar, who founded Dynamic Events and is now the CEO of Hub, mm-hmm. um, watching her grow her businesses, because they, they were very young when the businesses were young, when, um, when I started focusing on events at Microsoft and, mm-hmm. you know, seeing how she has, has brought both of those businesses along and brought other women along to yeah. roles of leadership has been really, it's been really fun to watch and, and inspiring. Yeah. If you've ever heard her speak, she's a great speaker. Allie is. No, I'll have to. Um, you should well, have her on your podcast. I should. <laughs> <laughs> 
I hope you are enjoying this week's episode of The Seattle CEO. Remember to share it, tag The Seattle CEO on Instagram. I so appreciate all your support. And with that, if you know someone, whether they are a CEO, a manager, a woman in business, I want to hear from them. I want to grow this podcast, not only in the event industry, but all the different industries that make Seattle a great place to live, to work. I want to hear from you. So go ahead and reach out on the website, wilkinsonevents.com. I can't wait to hear from you. Well, and we briefly talked about this too, but um, getting started, you, you opened your business in January. Obviously this year has been anything but normal, especially in the event <laughs> world. How do you remain positive with marketing and, and just as a business owner right now? Oh my God. So 2020 has been just a crazy trip. And over New Year's, you know, I knew I was getting ready to start my business. And I was chatting with one of my very best friends that I've known for probably 40 years. Um, you know, and we were talking about how 2020 was going to be such an auspicious year. You know, it's a leap year. I had all these things. It was going to be 2020 foresight, not 2020 hindsight. <laughs> and we both just had such high hopes. And well, yep. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Funny how that works. So, you know, what I do now is I focus on the idea that people still need to be together. Mm-hmm. And I know that over time, we're going to need and want to go back to in-person experiences again. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, events aren't going to go away. We just have to be patient and wait until we're able to do it safely again. And I'm seeing signs, you know, here in Washington, we now can have meetings of up to 200 people and, um, I was emailing <clears throat> with one of my um, one of my suppliers, and they've been doing you know events of up to five hundred people. And it's um, Stuart Transportation. You know they're in the the um, people moving business for events. Yeah. So there are positive signs of things coming back. Um, you know, and and here in Seattle especially, there's all of these high growth tech companies that are starting up. And they're going to start doing events. And I think they're going to, hopefully, especially given the the current environment, they're going to want to avoid the learn as you go. And that's where I think I can really lend my expertise and experience to help them not be the teenager on the car lot trying to negotiate their hotel and other kinds of contracts and get them started off doing it the right way Mm -hmm. and, and using agencies that know how to do events instead of trying to make it up and do it on their own. So I really think there's going to be an opportunity and Mm -hmm. it's just a matter of being patient and persistent to make it happen. Yeah, I agree with you hundred percent with that, all kind of all that being said, what, um, like, what are you doing right now to, to keep your name out there? So when it does come back, they, they know of you and they've seen your business kind of grow alongside all of this and they know to call you when they can? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, So what I've been doing during this quieter time is I've got a very active presence on LinkedIn. I'm posting new content at least once a week and usually two or three times a week. Um, I'm actually going to be hosting a um, free pricing workshop next week. Um, Mm -hmm. It's on the 14th at nine o'clock. Because I've seen um, back, you know, you mentioned you graduated in 2008. Mm-hmm. Well, I was there and I was in procurement at Microsoft. And, you know, we went and asked all of our suppliers for rate reductions because we were still doing events, but all the budgets were cut. And 
you know, I'm not saying that that was a bad strategy, but what happened with the suppliers is they gave the rate reductions, but there wasn't really an expiration date on it. And so it put them in a position of having to really negotiate against themselves to get their prices back up to where they were. Mm-hmm. And in some cases, they found that they were actually losing money. So this workshop is designed to kind of remind people how, you know, the cost structure needs to be taken into account. And, and we've all got business overhead. And if you've got a book of business at, that's, say, $10 million, and your overhead rate is about, say, 10%, well, if your book of business shrinks to $8 million, you still have that same overhead, plus or minus a few things you can cut. So you've got to know that your overhead allocation has to go up in order to keep your profit percentage intact. Right. And so, you know, and, and you know, and whenever there's a, a, a crisis, you know, people have to be flexible about what their pricing is, but I want them to be educated about what they are, you know, how much wiggle room they have to, to negotiate rates if, if they need to. I think that's great. And having that class and that added education and being the thought leader in that, that element and putting those ideas out there, like you said, on LinkedIn, staying in front of people as much as possible. Well, and for agencies, you know, to to kind of be their procurement insider, right? Because, you know, I mean, I managed one of the biggest portfolios in the world from a procurement strategy standpoint. And, you know, I mean, I'm not saying that the way Microsoft does it is the way everybody does, but, you know, I can, be pretty certain based on, you know, just industry benchmarking that I've done in the past that most major corporations have some kind of a similar framework. And so Mm -hmm. helping the suppliers understand what that framework is and how it works um, will position them to be more successful in getting and keeping their clients. Yeah. Having that that backend experience and all the time at Microsoft learning who to trust in the area specifically, I think will, will do wonders for what you're currently doing. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I firmly believe that. And, and I've got good relationships in the major cities where, you know, the big citywide events take place. So, um, you know, it's not to know that, not to say that I know everyone, but I've got a, a broad enough network around really the world to help people get in touch with resources that they need. Yeah. Well, and to kind of piggyback off that, because I think that is one of your big strengths in this um, company that you've started, but what strengths do you have that feel you've made you successful throughout your career? Oh my gosh, hands down, resilience and perseverance. Yeah. I mean, and, and that's for anybody really. I, I don't take no for an answer very often and I'm always looking for a solution. And, you know, I love learning new things and boy, when you... <laughs> start a business there and you know this yourself as a business owner I mean there's something that I I need to learn every single day Mm -hmm. and sometimes it's a big thing and sometimes it's you know something mundane about you know how does QuickBooks work on this one particular kind of transaction Mm -hmm. Um, so having that perseverance and resilience especially the resilience given what's going on right now to just keep you know just realign yourself, realign your expectations and and just keep moving forward. Yeah. And on the flip side, what weaknesses do you have that you've kind of had to work on or work through? That's a good one. (laughs) 
So recently I heard a quote that says, don't let perfection get in the way of progress. And I have to remind myself of that every day because I, I tend to be a bit of a perfectionist Mm -hmm. and you know, you can become so overcome with fear of not showing up just the right way that you don't show up at all. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a real shame for people. And so I've, I've got that quote pinned up on my whiteboard and I make sure that, you know, when I'm kind of overthinking things that I have to stop and step back and say, all right, this is, this is good enough. We can, we can, it's minimal, minimum viable product. Let's just go with it. Yeah. I think that's important to touch on because I think, you know, when I was first starting out, I had a couple of people that come up to me and they were like, how do we do this? Or I'm, I've been talking about or thinking about opening this business for the last five years and I've been tweaking the website, I'm doing this. And as the conversation kind of continued and I was honest, I was like, I'm still figuring it out. I don't know. And, <laughs> and as I had this conversation with them, I was like, you are further along. You've been doing this for five years. You just haven't launched it yet. And it was in construction yeah. and she was already flipping houses, but she just wasn't ready to commit because she didn't think she had what it took. And I was like, you have the website. You literally just haven't hit publish yet. You're doing the work. You have everything you need to make this go tomorrow. But I think what you said was just like, just go is so important for people to hear sometimes where it's, it's never going to be perfect. It's never going to be the right time. So if you, you need to have faith in yourself that things will continue to be perfected forever. <laughs> it's- well, and, you know, and to that end, I, I bootstrapped my first website. And, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, you know, what you need, if you're going to start a business, you do need a web presence. Mm-hmm. And it needs to be professional looking, but you know, if, if, as long as you've got, you know, who you are, what your services are and how they can reach you, that's good enough to start with. Mm-hmm. No, I've since gone and, and hired somebody to redevelop it, to make it be a lot more interactive and, and really bring my story forward more. But I didn't know enough at the beginning to know even what I wanted mm-hmm. that going through that exercise and, and trust me, I have, profound respect for web designers and web developers because I'm not one. Um, but it was it was good enough. And that was one of those things where I, I just wanted it to look professional and give me a URL that I could put on my business card so people could reach me. And that was, you know, that's kind of like, don't let the perfection get in the way of progress. And that's what enabled me to get started and going. And, you know, now that I've been at it a while, then now I, I knew more and I knew more what I wanted in a website and was able to get get that done, you know, later on. Right. So yes, if I was to talk to your friend, I would tell her to put push publish. And so what if there's a typo? Most people aren't going to notice it and your friendlies will, you know, put it out to all your friends and all your family and tell them to find the good, bad, and ugly and don't take offense if they do, but that's, you know, you just got to do it. We are going to finish strong with some amazing um, last words. But before we do, I wanted to quickly tell you a little bit about Wilkinson Events. We are a full service event management and design company. With over 10 years of experience, we combine well-managed event logistics and memorable creative design to deliver a one-of-a-kind impactful event for your guests. 
We focus on corporate morale and marketing events, and we also offer wedding day of coordination. If you are looking for support with your next virtual, hybrid, or live event, we would love to talk to you. You can visit at wilkinsonevents.com. For weddings, you can visit wilkinsonweddings.com or visit us on Instagram at wilkinsonevents. Thanks so much. Thank you so much for joining me today. Um, To end this podcast, I'd love to hear one piece of advice that you would give someone looking to move forward in their career. Don't fear making mistakes. The best way to learn is through making mistakes. So get in there and try things, find out what works, what doesn't work. If you do make a mistake, own it, learn from it, and then move on. Yeah. I think that's, it's very important because the same kind of what you just said, where don't let perfection get in the way of progress. I feel like that's very much tied into that where you just got to try, you just got to go. Well, and I made some mistakes early in my career that have stayed with me or or the learning from them Mm -hmm. has stayed with me for my entire career. So it was great that I made it early and had that you know, it was not fun, <laughs> but I learned so much from a few of those, those early bumps that it just really hit home to me that you've just, you, you, you can't, if, if you're always worried about making a mistake, you're not going to get anything done. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much for tuning in to this week's episode of the Seattle CEO podcast. I hope you all have an amazing week. Stay inspired.